Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik. It's where sports and pop culture come to play. And this is a very fun episode. I mean, I know we say that all the time, like this is a fun episode, but I love surprises. Yeah. And so Natalie's best friend is the guest, but it's not just like a best friend episode. It's, it, it's, it's has to do with fame and athletes and books and being a boss and an amazing mother. And so I said, I don't want to know anything. I want Laurel's story to be like extremely organic. And I think it's going to be really cool because like, I don't know anything and you know, everything. I, I was there, I was there for, for, um, like all of the stories. So no, this is a really special episode to me. Um, welcome Laurel Grawl, my best, absolute best friends. Uh, we've been best friends since we were 10. Um, both so fun. So welcome to the lipstick league, Laurel. Yes. Thank you. I am a fan. I listen to the Lipstick League, so I appreciate you guys having me on here. And I love the intro. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. So this is what we're going to do. So first, Natalie, I want you to just say like who Laurel is and and kind of like the book. And then we're going to stop. And then we're going to go all the way back to when you guys first met in 1990 or whatever it was. <laughs> And then you're, and then we're going to lead back up to the, does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I want to do for the listeners. So I want you to tell everybody like who she is on and then, then that's it. And then we're going back to the nineties and then you're going to tell the story of, uh, we're going to tell the story and then it's going to lead back to the book. We're here to the, yes. Okay. So hold on one second. Ginger. Oh, Ginger. No problem. The the metal trash can across the entire kitchen today and it weighs more than she does i have no <gasps> idea she did it it's really bad um oh, Jen, wow. okay so um yes everyone this is laurel girl she's my best friend um we uh she's the mother of rap sensation and rap prodigy maddox um his name is actually matthew grawl or as i <laughs> i call him matthew yeah um, born in 2005 um started rapping it, you know we'll get into more detail but probably when he was like three he started <laughs> rapping started singing just always like instinctively a very creative soul um laurel had him at a really young age we were 50 you were 15 i was 16 um and then in 2017 matthew went viral for a song called overwhelming and the rest is kind of history since then. Since then, he's done um, feature, you know, songs with Chief Keef and XXX Tentacion, and he's worked with these really incredible um, artists. And he's just evolving as an artist as his career goes on. Um, he's performed all over the country at this point. Um, goes out to LA frequently to record. He walked in Paris Fashion Week. Um, did a, a campaign for Givenchy. So I mean, he's really just this. Forced to be recognized. She means Givenchy. Givenchy. Yeah, he's this force to be reckoned with, and he would. I, it's all credit, no offense, Matthew, to his beautiful mother Laurel, who again I said is my best friend since we were like ten years old, um, who is now featured in this book called Creatrix, and it's a book about mothers of um, you know people who are in sports business and culture. So it was just released um, within the last couple weeks and uh, Laurel is featured in the book. So I'm just so proud of her and all of her accomplishments. And 
the fact that now we're both in books. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was like, wow. I mean, the, the only book that I'm in is the biggest loser cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're all in books, right? But no, um, That's true. But that's true. It's really cool. Cause Laurel and I, um, grew up the same way. Um, instantly became friends and just the journey I think through our lives has been really incredible. So for, um, her to end up here where she is and me to end up where I am, it's like, I guess we, def- we define, we define some odds. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd yeah. say, um, so that's, uh, the gist of it, but yeah, I guess we can get into the beginning. Laurel. All right, let's go back. So now Laurel, you're, you still live in Philly, right? Yes. I still live in Philly. Okay. And so you guys see each other regularly. Yeah. For the yes. most part. When you're not being a mom of a famous person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, all right. Let's take it back. Basically. So how did you meet? How did you become friends? Like go back from the beginning. All right. So we became friends. And do you remember that? You don't remember this, right? I remember this. When you forgot your tie. So Nicole. Oh, right. We were in church at St. William's and okay. and I were both selected to read during mass. Amazing. And, you know, we had those red ties and you couldn't go up to read without your tie. So of course she, not. she had to read before me. And I was like, tie. I had all my pins. I had like my peace pins. My <laughs> I was like there, you know, like Laurel turns to me and she's like, I think she was in, you were in fourth grade. Maybe I was in fifth grade. I can't remember. It was, I, I think, think that I was then. Yeah, I might have been in third. I think maybe you were in third and I was in fourth. But oh, wait, uh, who's older? I am. No, you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm older by like less than a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like less than a year. So um, she turns to me and she's like, I forgot my tie. And I was like, oh, like you can borrow mine. So she borrowed her tie, borrowed my tie, got up there, did her thing. She probably, had, you probably had the first reading. I probably had the responsorial song. <laughs> And then um, I need law for a reason. I'm like always like head in the clouds. Like I have to read a church today. Not I probably came late, unprepared, <laughs> didn't have my red tie. That's why we're best friends. So um, <laughs> Laurel, wait, Laurel, what's your sign? I'm an Aries, but I'm like the second to last day of Aries. Okay, so you're cuspy, Aries Taurus cusp. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Are you fiery? Do you fit more Aries or do you fit more Taurus? It's hard, right, Nat? I feel like, okay, my friend Bella told me that I am a slow burning bushfire. And I feel like that That's represents fair. me very well. Like it takes me a very long time to get comfortable, but I feel like once I'm comfortable, I can come with the heat, but it yeah. takes me a while. Yeah, that makes that, and heat is Aries because you're a fire sign. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think that that makes total sense. So um, she borrowed my tie, gave it back to me. You know, then we would just see each other like in the schoolyard and kind of like always like say hi to each other. Um, And then what happened was I became friends with um, her sister, Teresa first, her older sister. So I'm in between Laurel and Teresa grade wise. So Teresa was a year older than me. Laurel was a year younger than me. Um, And then kind of just assimilated myself to the Reach Street crew, which is where Laurel lived in uh, Longcrest. And it was just this group of kids that um, I think that, yeah, that (laughs) badass kids. They were my first actual group of real friends, I think that I ever had because I was like bullied prior to that. And Teresa ended up stepping in and threatened to beat up the girls who bullied me. So that was... (laughs) 
go Teresa. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she, um, yeah, they were like my first real group of friends. And then Laurel and I just kind of like were thick as thieves. Like after that, just always just, I don't even know. What did we do? We just hung out and swam in your pool and walked around. Yeah. I I feel like our sense of humor just clicked and like, we always just laughed together, had so much fun, understood each other. I mean, like Aries and Libras are like opposite. Polar opposite. Yeah. 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 But we just total sense. Yeah. We, I think it also developed when we would walk home from lunch <laughs> for lunch. In oh, like- you guys, you got to go home for lunch? Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. I was never allowed because my mom was a teacher at my school and my dad mm. worked. So no one was ever home for me, except the one time I did got to, got to go home with my friend Kylie and we had grilled cheese and tomato soup. And I felt that was really special because I got to go <laughs> home for lunch. But every other time I was, I couldn't, I wasn't, I couldn't go. Both so, my parents right. It was on those walks home, Nicole, when it like the, I think the first, the first two mom things happened. Like I remember the one day we were walking home and I accidentally called La mom and we were like 12 and 13. It was like weird. And I accidentally, I was like, mom. And then we like laughed about it because I called her mom and it was like, yeah, mom. And then um, when I would eat lunch at her house, she would always cut my food for me. Like she would like cut my waffles and be like, here you go. I'd be like, thanks mom. Like running yeah. from like that, you know, mom jokes. So then, um, yeah, yeah. I kind of just grew up in the neighborhood, um, through grade school together. And then we both, uh, I graduated clearly the year before she did both went to Cardinal Doherty high school. Oh, so you um, both went to the same grade school and high school. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, uh, that's, that's when things got saucy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you were a teen mom at a Catholic school. Wow. This is a Netflix yeah. special. Um, it yeah. Actually, there was a crew of us. Yeah. Who, it was you and Rosellen, right? Yeah. And like others, I'm obviously not going to like name people's names, but I mean, we had like a mom group, like our, our uh, guidance counselor started like a mom group for us, like a support group. That's and cool there was, like, though. Yeah, no, it was really nice. Like, Colonel Doherty, I feel like, you know, although it was a Catholic school, they were, like, pro- progressive in a sense. Yeah. And, um, very accepting, I think, at least in my situation. Um, they really accommodated me. I was able to finish school, you know. I had met my sophomore year, I had Matthew, and I was yeah. able to finish school, you know. Like, that was, like, all thanks to, you know, of course, my family helping, but definitely the school helping me out as well. But anyway, we had a mom group, and there was, like, 10 of us. Wow. But, the yeah, you're that, I mean, commendable guidance counselor in a Catholic school, because, you know, a lot of schools would just ignore it and just pretend that it wasn't real. But the fact that that guidance counselor was like, no, we're going to, like, help these women, help these children, like, that's a real, that's awesome. And this was, like, you know, in the nineties. So it was like, well, it was it, early, early 2000, early 2000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause high school, I was 07. I graduated high school. I got had, it. Okay. 2004. Okay. So, so take us, so take us through that. So you were just a sophomore in high school and tell us the story. Okay. Um, I mean, as far as like, you know, I think about it now as an adult and I look back like, damn, I was really 15 having sex. That's crazy. Like I look at these young, like people I work with or kids I work with who are that age. And I'm like, wow, I really thought I was grown, you know? Yeah. Um, I felt like 
all of most of my friends did it before I did. I thought that it was okay. Um, and I had sex like, you know, I only had sex like a couple times before I got pregnant. It was yeah. like immediately. One like, of my I lost my I was yeah. getting started in but one of my best friends, his sister got pregnant when she lost her virginity when she was 17. So like Catholic right. yeah. girl, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a whole other conversation about safe. Well, sex. yeah, I mean that yeah exactly that and even like just sex ed in general not even in catholic school outside of catholic school there isn't really sex education yeah. or not like proper sex education um but uh, yeah so i mean i lost my virginity march 13th and matthew was born december 13th which is nine months later to wow. the day yeah so i always like think of that like damn that you know when like life comes at you so fast sometimes and like yeah. everything changes in like a short amount of time. Like that was definitely obviously a time for me, but it was like, you know, I met Matt's dad. I lost my virginity. I got pregnant and had Matt all within that same year, 2004. Wow. So. Yeah. I, I remember the day she called me because I was at the St. Patrick's day parade. So it all meant the timing moment. Yeah. And she calls me and she's like, Oh my God, I did it. And I was like, Oh, god you know it was like such a it was like a huge deal you know and like yeah. that a lot of our other friends had done it prior and and then like how long after did you figure out you were pregnant it was april or may of that year right was it april may, yeah it was late april early it was may like i knew but like i didn't like no no till may i would say had um, did you just know because your body felt different or were you like tracking your, cause I feel like when you're that young, you don't necessarily track your periods, right? Exactly. Well, yeah, when I was that young, I was so young. Like, I don't even think I was having a regular period. Yet. Right. So right. I think that's where I was like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not. Like my period's just being irregular, but like kind of just like felt like I was. Yeah. My body was like definitely speaking to me in different ways during that time. Yeah. Um, but what forced me to get a pregnancy test, like I said, my name is law for a reason. I am just like, I'll ignore it. <laughs> and um, I was like getting sick at school, like morning sickness. Right. And, and my friend, <laughs> Mary Beth, forced me to get a pregnancy test like bought it for me and made me take a pregnancy test and I was pregnant and so what did you think oh my god do you remember yeah like I remember I went and told Matt like uh Chris who was Matthew's dad um and was he in your school too no no I met him like you know, through friends at school, but he didn't go to the doctor. Right. He didn't. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, so I went and so, you know, we talked. He wasn't very supportive, but like he was also a 17 year old boy, like immature kid, I guess. Um, yeah. And I went home to my mom that night and I think I told her prior, like, cause obviously I had a boyfriend for like a few months, you know, and she knew that my other friends were having sex. So like, I think it came out to her that I wanted to get on birth control. And again, I said it because in my head, I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. Yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, like again, late, late procrastinator 
should have got on it a couple months ago. But anyway, I, I think I told my mom that week and I came home that night. Like I, I went out after school. She just knew I came home that night and she was like, are you pregnant? Like, I feel like you're pregnant. Are you pregnant? And I was like, I'm pregnant. And it was like, I don't remember much. I feel like I have a really bad memory. Um, but I do have like distinct memories of like telling my mom we sat on the porch and like I remember everything she said to me that night um so like I felt like you know even though I knew my mom was so mad at me and upset with me I knew that like she was my support you know yeah so I was like you know the situation with me and Matt's dad was like not that I felt like it didn't matter. Like I knew it mattered, but like his reaction wasn't supportive and I knew I could rely on my mom. So I felt like I was just like, okay, mom, I'll listen to anything you tell me to do. (laughs) What do I have to do? She was like, you're going to give this baby up for adoption. And I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. And like, it's so funny now because I feel like back then my mom was like maybe a little bit more religious and like my dad was like my dad, like the, the idea of an abortion, like never crossed my parents' mind Okay. where I feel like today it would, yeah. if they were in the same situation. Like, I guess it's just the way of the world now. Did it cross your mind? No. Yeah. But I also think it was like, you know, like now I think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Not why didn't I, but like, why didn't I think of it? I was a little girl. I don't know. I feel like the people I hung out with, I don't know if it's like from having like being surrounded by older siblings. Like I just thought I was older. I thought it was fine that I was doing this. Like not fine. Like I knew it wasn't okay, but I was just like, I made this choice. This is what happens. All right. This is what I got to do. And so basically like we spent the summer, me and my mom, like going to like counseling and talking about abortion or like what I would do to keep, what I would, you know, like just weighing out my option. Should I give the baby up for adoption or should I keep the baby? And then like towards the end of the pregnancy, it was just like, I don't think that we're going to be able to give this baby up for adoption, you know? And then we chose like a few weeks before Matthew was born, like I made the decision, told my mom and like, that was it. We were doing it. <laughs> Me and my mom. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matthew was born December 13th. Um, he was supposed to be a girl. They told me he was a girl. I was going to say, like, you're oh, leaving no. out one big part of it. <laughs> yes. They told me he was a girl when I was pregnant. And a part of me thinks like, I wanted a girl so bad when I was pregnant. And I feel like the universe just gave that gift to me of like you're gonna have a girl but then towards the end of my pregnancy I was like I don't know I kind of want a boy so this is crazy and I remember this super vividly so Law and I go to Macy's at the Roosevelt Mall in our school uniforms after school we took the bus up like the probably the 70s straight from Doherty she's super preg in her uniform and I remember like we were in our uniforms like looking at baby clothes in Macy's and I think that was when you had the little girl name, right? Madeline? I guess. Yeah, I, that was the name. Yeah. She's like, I remember it all. But she's like. No, I'm saying like, I guess that was the time that I already had the girl name. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, now I have such a bad memory. I know, I know. But she had, so 
it was like we was like the point where like the little girl was like named and I remember we were like shopping in Macy's and she's like you know not like looking at like boy clothes she's like I've been kind of thinking that like I kind of like wish it was like a little boy and I like turn around like well nothing you can do about that now right like it was it was wild and then we went to see a Cinderella that story that summer and I made her run for the bus that was awful Wait, true shit. <laughs> so how far when did you tell natalie you were pregnant and natalie what did you say oh she told me uh, probably immediately it was immediately she yeah. actually passed you well everybody else knew before me but whatever um because you passed me a uh, note in the hallway. she passed oh me probably like the next day at school next day at school and i think everybody was like afraid to tell me right there was like some like weirdness well, I think it was a thing because like, all right, <laughs> this is so bad. I took the pregnancy test. I'm not going to say where, but I took the pregnancy test with a group of people, like girls. Like it was like a girl, we all took the bus home. So it was like the group of girls knew. So then it was like, everyone fucking knew. knew. Right, right. Yeah. So then I, um, I didn't know until the next day. And I feel like like nobody, none of the other girls like called to tell me. And I think they, they, because they, I think that they knew that I was always like instinctively like super protective of Laurel. And especially like, I, I don't know. I just felt like everybody was like afraid to tell me. And then she passed me this note in the hallway. Cause we would exchange notes in the hallway every day. Like right. there was no texting. Right. Like, you know, um, and I got into class and I read it because I'm like, because her, her head was down and I remember she was like crying and I was like, what the hell? I thought that her and Chris had like gotten into like a fight or something. But in, in previous notes, she had said like, I'm peeing a lot and I'm getting sick. And like, what if I'm pregnant? And I feel like we were just so little. Yeah. Like, no. And like, what do you want to do this weekend? Like, yeah. Like our mindset wasn't even there because we were just such babies. Right. Um, and then I read it. And then I just remember being like, I don't even remember what I said. I feel like I just saw you in the hallway and then we like hugged by your locker. I think that right. that's, I think that that's what happened. And then, um, I, yeah. And then I went home and I told my mom because my mom knew law was my best friend. And I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. I was like, Laurel's pregnant. And my mom was just like, well, this is your job. My mom was just like, your job is now to step up and be her friend because she's so young and people are going to be really like, because my mom was like a single mom and, right. and younger than a lot of the parents in the neighborhood. So she was just like, you know, people are going to judge and people are going to say things. And she's like, so it's your job to like, just step up and be her friend through this. So, yeah, I mean, and then- yeah. yeah, she was. I like worked at Larry's Pizza that summer, and I would, I would like go to her house after, and I call her, be like, okay, like, what do you want to eat? Like, not even like, <laughs> I was like bringing her like cheese steaks, <laughs> like loaded fries, and yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. we so we were just so young, and then it was just wild, like watching her go through it, and like watching her body change, and like being there with her through it, and. And you know, we like, we were just like, oh my God, like what is happening? <laughs> right. Remember when you came over and I think like I had socks on it. It was like the end of my pregnancy. Oh. I was so swollen and I was like, Nat, look at this. And I like took my socks off and I just had this like ring like in my skin. Yeah. And I was just like sitting on the couch, like arms out, legs out, like 
it was it was insane like and but no I just remember like being her friend and just being like oh she just has to be okay you know and like she's yeah. strong enough to handle this and like you know I feel like because my like because my mom was so like very understanding as well you know where like there was never like any like judgments or anything like that my mom was like it's your job to step up and be her friend now yeah you know? it was like this is gonna get hard before it gets easy like I remember her like saying that she's like this is gonna get harder for Laurel before it gets any easier and I mean just so the baby's born and it's a, and you think it's a girl and then they're like actually it's a boy <laughs> And you're like, oh, okay. And then that was it. Like, did you, did you have a voice that did you have the name Matthew in reserve? Not really. Like kind of, I don't even know. I, again, you know, I'm 15 making these decisions. Yeah. So it was like, I feel like, I don't know. I think I just liked the name. I feel like at the time I was religious. Like I'm not really religious anymore, but at the time I was, yeah. um, yeah, and I just named him Matthew. I don't know. I knew it was like a name that was going out of style too. Because it's like, you know, by that time, like Aiden's and Nathan's yeah. were being born. And I was like, no, I'm oh, traditional. So, so you're, this is your sophomore year, right? And so how long were you off of school? Like explain a little bit of that about having a newborn. Obviously you were with, were your parents together or your parents divorced? No, my parents were together. So like, okay, Matthew is born, right? I'm 15 years old. Yeah. And um, the people living in my house are my mom and dad who are at the time, uh, let me think, like early 60s. Wow. And then it's my me and my three siblings, my brother, Chris, 19. No, yeah, Chris is 19, Teresa's 17, I'm 15, Catherine's 12. So Matthew gets born into a house of teenagers yeah <laughs> well wow. so you know and we like, stayed well I was we all say, stayed oh sorry yeah go ahead I no 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 so when law had matthew and uh, like her and her sister teresa used to call and leave me like singing vo like voice like answering machine remember like yeah. answering machine messages so Teresa calls me and she's like, Natalie, it's Teresa. La had the baby and there's a surprise. And I'm like, get home. And I'm like listening to it. My sister, my older sister was like, Natalie, Teresa just left that, left a message. La had the baby and she said it's a surprise. And I was like singing. I think it might've been La and Catherine. It was like them singing into like my answer. And then I was like, oh my God, did she have twins? Cause we were all like, what the hell is the surprise? And then that's right. Like, so did you go to the hospital I um i went i i called Teresa back i went up the next day okay yeah i went up the next yeah. day I had him at nighttime. what i had him at nighttime like i had him at 8 30 at night so i feel like yeah so my day. sister picked me up and took me after school the next day and <laughs> my friends were at the jingle ball concert the night i had matthew a few of my friends were at the jingle ball concert trying to call the hospital wow after the jingle ball shout out concert. to q102 that's where i was nick the web chick yes I but i wasn't what was he born 2005 2004 yeah yeah i was still in, i just had graduated college so i wasn't there well, i guess i was part-time there but i wasn't like on the air yet right yeah. but okay the hospital it was it was, 
there she was with this little baby and i was just like well <laughs> here he so is here we are. <laughs> so talk so about yeah, I was going to say, as far as school, what happened was like, all right, we had block scheduling at Doherty. So that means like we had four classes for like the first half of the school year. And then the second half, we had the other four, right? Right. So then usually you don't have to take eight classes. You can take seven and you get like free periods. Right. So I took a full four the first when I was pregnant, right? And yeah. I finished up until early December and the semester ran until January. So it was like a known thing that I was going to be leaving. So they basically, all my teachers, my four teachers got my work together and sent it home. And I would just like send it back with my older sister who was still going to Doherty every day. Right. So she would take my work back for me. And then, um, so I had Matt December 13th. I wasn't out of school that long because his due date was Christmas and I had him December 13th. So like I was in school probably up until a couple of days prior. Right. Um, and then I went back the end of January. Wow. And, so that, uh, yeah. So who watched him? So like I was saying, the, uh, the school really accommodated for me and they gave me last lunch and early dismissal. So I was able to leave every day at like 12 PM that wow. semester when I first had him, I was, and I was nursing him, so I would go to the nurse's office during homeroom, because it was like first period, homeroom, and then I had another two periods after that. So I would go to the first period, and then during homeroom, I would check in, go to the nurse's office, I would pump, and then finish my next two periods, one of which was gym. Wow. <laughs> so like daily, like every time we had gym, you know, you had like health some days and then gym some days. Yeah. And like, I was nursing, I was like, filling up and like leaking all over in my gym shirt sophomore year of high school co-ed co-ed gym class my god wow so now where is that. where's matt's dad through all this is he around are you still together so no we weren't really together i felt like he just like had a lot of maturing to do he still wanted to like kind of do his own thing so he would just like check in with me a little bit you know yeah. like he came to the hospital he was around for a little bit after that and then after that like i'm really good at uh putting up walls so like if yeah. you're not going to come every day and be consistent then like stay back so like you want to call me and check in check in on him fine but you're not just gonna like show up you know whenever you feel like it, at least that was my mentality. Then a part of that was probably, I was like bitter and heartbroken, you know, oh, like, you know, I was, I was 15 and like abandoned pretty much. So like, I know that like that probably fueled some of my choices. Um, but so like, he was like around, you know, like around, but not really. Okay. Um, Is he around now at all? So, um, you know, Matt's dad died like two weeks after I graduated high school. Oh my God. Wow. So Matt was like two and a half and I was 18. And were, had, were you in contact with him at all? Oh God. No, it's so weird. Like, so I feel like I reconnected with him my senior year and I was just, you know, still feeling heartbroken, still feeling like, emotionally I probably wanted Chris there but knew like he just wasn't ready for it and I was just seeing him like make choices that weren't in the best interest of me and Matt so like I just was like I just can't like continue 
to talk to him, you know, like he used to call me and I would call him and stuff like that. And then I was just like, I can't like continue to talk to him. So I stopped talking to him and it was like for six months, I would say. And um, like, I remember like a, probably like a month or so before he died, I called my friend and she was with him, you know, like that was a thing too, where like, yeah, I met Matt's dad through my friends and like, you know, their business as usual, right? Like they're still teenagers and doing their teenage shit and I'm home with the baby, but like they would be out with him and I get so upset, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, what, you know, like, what do you do? Well, you know, I don't know. It was like, you know, teenage shit while also dealing with like this heavy emotion of like having a child and being a mom. But it just goes to show though, how mature you really were at that point. The fact that you knew that even though you were heartbroken, that you knew you needed to take care of your baby and be a mom. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of women and this could have been because your parents were helping you or you had the guidance counselor support or friends or other family. But I think a lot of women still do, you know, it's, it's an insecurity where they're like, they want the love of the man and they're not putting their child as the priority, but you even at 15 and 16 knew that your child had to be the priority. And I think that if you ever get in a space, even now, and how old is Maddox? He's 16, that like, mm -hmm. be so proud of yourself that like, you had that sense, which right. makes sense why he's so successful now, because you had that, right? Like you making him a priority then is obviously is the reason that he's so successful now. So well, talk about hashtag boss. Well, so it's oh, funny just as like, an outsider's perspective because she was living it right and I'm her friend who's like watching everything like yeah like I remember he um you know was around at first barely I remember like the one night it was probably like the night after you brought him over home from the hospital I was over you know yeah <laughs> just hanging out with her while she's you know got this baby on her boob and <laughs> and um I, he was there and my sister and I drove him home. Right. And he had like all these dreams of grandeur, but I just don't think I, he was just so young. Right. Like he was like, I'm going to join the service and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to be a dad. So I think that for a, like a while in the beginning, there was just like this optimism that he was going to like step up, but then, you know, and I think this is indicative of the area that we grew up in the neighborhood kind of takes over. Right. And you just fall back in your ways and you fall back into your group and you fall back in your group of friends. And like the response, I think the responsibility was so great for him. And then when it happened, it was just like, this is like a thing. And, um, because he would come to the ice cream stand that I worked at pizza, ice cream, all the good jobs. Oh, I had all the good jobs. Yeah. And, um, and I, I just remember I like, I, I mean, I was always like really hard on him as her friend. I would just be like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? And then I remember he would come back and, you know, I was watching March of the Penguins at home. Remember? And you, you guys were hanging out and you came inside and she called me. Oh, yeah. She was like, we were like walking home together. Yeah. And she's like, Matt, I'm with Chris. I'm going to come over. And I was like, okay. So she'd come over and they sit on my porch and I'm just like sitting there with them you know and they're like hashing this stuff out it was just like but again at the, at the time, 
we were so at that point we were parents at that point chris and i were parents to matthew and natalie was still like my little safety blanket (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i also think that that um my one of my best friends diane her sister um found this amazing you know uh post on instagram that talked about people love to celebrate the soulmate of a relationship or the romance of a relationship, but we need, no one talks enough about the romance of the soulmates of a friendship mm-hmm. and how so much of the time your friends really are the ones that f- fuel your soul, you know? Yeah. And that like, they really are your safety blanket and they really are the ones that are there for you no matter what. And so it's like society has made, especially women into this whole like Prince Charming, Hallmark movie, rom-com, but in a lot of ways, it's really your friends who are the ones that like are there to pick you up and are there to support you and, you know, are there to, it's like, you know, one of, even one of my best friends, it's like her, her son was four days old and her husband was traveling for work. And I like drove over and stayed and you know what I mean? Like it's your, the friends are the, and like, you just, you just do it. Like the girlfriends, they just get it. It's like the husband's like, fuck you, dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, (laughs) picking up milk. Cool. But like, your, your girlfriend's just no, you know, even like I had friends and th- she's trying, this is a couple of weeks ago and she's trying to put her, her son down for a nap and her husband's sleeping on the couch. And then her son wakes up and he's like, where's the black go-go like his little race car. And then his dad's like, Oh, you know, where's the black go-go. And I'm like, it's in the stroller. Even I know where the black go-go is. <laughs> like, why don't you like, yes, he wants milk and get the black go-go. The red cup is in the bottom of the fridge. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, when- yeah. shit, you know? Um, and so it says a lot about obviously the relationship and the love that you two have for each other. The fact that you had been friends for so long and, and went through all this and, you know, now, are who you are. And so when you say that she was your safety blanket, like, I actually think that's beautiful, you know, that like you were going through that and you, you were able to have this person that was a constant in your life when it, when everything was so up in the air, you know? Well, and it was just, I feel like, you know, and Law La knows this better than anybody. Like my, I had had some life experience by that point, you know? So it's, right. So I don't know if it was just like an instinctual thing that I had in me because I feel like, you know, we were both so little. So like, I don't know if that, if that's why, or like, again, like my mom being single and like me understanding like the magnitude of it and also her hammering home, like the largeness of this, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was just natural. Like I was just like, this is. So what, I don't know if you told me that, but I think you. I don't know if I remember how did he committed suicide, right? Or I think we say die by suicide, right? Is that like the right terminology? Do you not say, are we not supposed to say? I think you're not supposed to say committed suicide anymore. I think you're supposed to say died by suicide. I'll have to look it up. Um, But did you, was he depressed? Do you think he suffered from depression? Do you think? Um, He was definitely like, like, you know, it's hard. He was. 17 when I met him and 19 when he died right so he's a teenager um a teenage boy too but he was definitely like a free thinker and like had a mind of his own um was like um 
really, I didn't think he suffered from depression. I was honestly really surprised to hear that he died by suicide because yeah. I really didn't expect something like that out of him, but I guess a lot of people say that. I don't know. I don't agree yeah. with, like, I don't, I feel like, you know, I know other people who have committed suicide and they were usually people who were depressed or like there were some signs prior. I also wasn't in Chris's life at the time, so I don't know, but I knew that I do know now that, you know, some members in his family do have like mental illness. Right. So it could be possible that Chris was, his mind was changing or something was happening internally yeah. that, you know, we didn't know about. Um, I feel like he was impulsive. So I don't know if that was a part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and he was also, I believe using like, I don't know what types of drugs he was using or like, you know, like, but I don't know if he was on something that night and he, you know, just like made this choice while he was high. Um, yeah. but like I said, I was like kind of separated from him at that point. Um, so Matthew was two and a half, you said. Yes. And who called you? Like, how did you find out? So I was, you know, I went, it was two weeks after I graduated high school and my aunt had a condo in Wildwood. So she invited like me and my mom and Matthew to come down and like stay for a few days. And it was the same week as my friend's senior week. They were down the shore at house, like house in Wildwood. So like I was so excited, you know, I'm like, I can yeah. go out one night. And so I got to go out one night and I went out um, with, you know, like my friends from high school and came home that night and was laying in bed. And I had a cell phone at the point. I don't think I got a cell phone until like, probably I graduated high school. So I just got a cell phone and I get a call from my friend, Sean, in the middle of the night, it's like three in the morning and I answer it. And she told me about Chris, like, you know, she said, Chris, um, she probably said committed suicide. She probably didn't say die by right. suicide. Because, yeah. We didn't know that then. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so she told me and yeah, I was just down the shore. I remember just like, not, you know, I'm a person that like, when I get information like that like I don't want to run and scream and tell people like dramatic like I, I remember just like staying up and like sitting outside on my aunt's deck and just like staying up all night until the until like my mom people started waking up and then like I just like started telling people but it was yeah. like it was like such a weird thing for me I guess because you know at that point I wasn't talking to Chris and like, I was also like really angry with him still, yes. you know? And like, I remember actually the night before or the night that he committed suicide, I never even told anyone this cause I was just so ashamed. But like, I feel like lately I've been like giving my younger self grace and like understanding that like, it's okay. Some choices I've made like, but yeah. that night, the night I went to my friend's senior week, I was like, I had, and I was dating Pete at the time. It was like me and Pete were fresh, right? And I just graduated high school. I was about to start college. I think Matthew was starting preschool. And I was just like, I am over Chris. I had his uh, graduation picture in my wallet, like forever, just always had it. Cause I'd like show people like, yeah, this is Matt's dad. Like, yeah, you know? And I remember like 
we like fucked it up. Like we were like drawing on it that night. And then like that night I got the call that he died and I was like, oh, I felt so much shame and guilt for that. I went and called my friend Jill like, please don't tell anyone we did that. Like blah, 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 blah. But it was like, you know, we're not taught how to like grieve Definitely. And we're yeah. definitely not taught how to greet. Like to me, you know, everyone around me is like, Chris, he's the king. He was the best, like blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you know, you have to have respect, of course, and say, yes, you know, he gave me a beautiful gift. And, but I was fucking pissed at him, you know? Yeah. And like, so I feel like that for me was hard because I think like I had to suppress like my anger when I grieved and you know it's normal to feel anger especially like in a situation like that well actually I was gonna ask you that about feeling angry about not only at him but were you ever angry that this was your situation that your friends are in high school that your friends are out at senior week did you ever feel jealous or anger to that and then obviously add what happened to Chris on top of that how do you feel like you work through that yeah I think I was definitely angry I think I was jealous um but I also think like I knew I made a decision so it is like it is what it is you know I I think like I the way I dealt with it was probably like separating myself from people that happened yeah. naturally anyway, because home Matthew, right? So it's like, um, but like, yeah, I was definitely jealous. And I think like, even like after he died, you know, a part of me, it made me recognize that like every situation that you're in, like has pros and cons, right? So it's like, yeah, I did have Matt Young and it like really sucked, but I remember being thankful for so many things. Like I bounced right back after I had Matthew, like not like physically I looked so good, but like I I was in gym class running a mile, you know, three weeks after <laughs> yeah. I had him, you yeah. know, like I was at, and nursing and like able to like do all these things. I also had like this crazy support from my family, which I was so grateful for and like recognizing that like, if I was a mom, like a, that's the funny thing. I was a mom, but if I was yeah. like a, a mom who was married and chose to do this, I knew that I wouldn't have the support that I had then. Right. Yeah. So, and even like with Chris dying, like in a way, not that it was a good thing, like, cause you know, Matt has to navigate life, navigate through life with that void. But like at the time, because he was doing bad shit, like Chris was, or like making the choices he was in my head, I was like, well, at least Matthew doesn't have to see this stuff. Or like, yeah. I would see, you know, in my mom club, all of them had like their issues with their, their kid's father. And I was like, I don't have any of that. I didn't need to share time with anyone, yeah. like share Christmas with anyone or like, you know, like, yeah. So it was, you know, like I was jealous, but I also recognized like how it was also everything worked in my favor. Favor, yeah. Well, I feel like the good thing was too, is that like we all hung out on her block. So yeah. it's not like the friends were like far away or like, you know, like yeah. we were all, it was, it was just like, we were still like that group of friends. And then like, here was this little boy, you yeah. know, kind of like yeah. in the picture. Um, for at least a while, it's just so crazy. 
Um, and then, yeah, Chris passing was insane. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was like a weird thing because, you know, like when you think about grief or at least what I did at that age, it was like you lose someone and you cry because you miss them every single day and you let, and it, I didn't miss Chris every single day because he wasn't in my life right. every day. Right. It was like this different feeling that I had to learn like, oh, I'm going to carry this forever. Like I'm going to, you know, when Matt started kindergarten and he's asking all these questions about his dad or even like, you know, uh, up until now where like Matt's doing all these like crazy cool things. And I'm thinking now's the time Chris would, would have fucking loved this. This yeah. would have been great for him, you know, like, so yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, navigating grief at a young age is hard and confusing, especially because I think now it's getting better where people are so much more open about talking about it. Absolutely. But like, then it was still like, it's sad, but like, you better get it together and keep it moving. You got a son to take care of. Yes. You we know? were literally yeah. just talking about that at uh, over Mother's Day was that like, I'm, I just learned now that my Grammy, my mom's mom, like was crazy anxious and like didn't even have a shower or baby shower for my mom or my, when she was pregnant with me and my brother because she was so superstitious and I'm I'm crazy superstitious and I was like you think that maybe you would have let me know this before and then I just found out literally this weekend that she used to sit in the back of church because she would get so anxious sometimes she would have to leave and I was like this is not a, like, hello. But back then it was just like, get it together. Keep it moving. You're fine. Say a couple Hail Marys. You're all right. You know, go to confession, like say the act of contrition. You're fine. You know what I mean? And I'm so grateful now that we're able to actually say like, no, it's okay to feel the feeling. We're not going to dwell on it, but like, you're going to feel it. You're going to cry. You're going to be angry. My therapist says it all the time. We realize that like, I never let myself get angry. And she's like, you have to let yourself get angry. You're not going to beat somebody up but like in your mind you have to really feel the anger so you can let that so then you can feel it and like keep it moving you know mm -hmm. we're like before it was like nope we're not feeling it we're not doing it oh yeah and especially like being a woman too like you better yeah. get it together so yeah, how long did you live with your parents and then and then move into obviously how matt started rapping and performing and and how did how was that for you or did anything else crazy okay. happen in between there that you were we have to know too yeah I feel like we just need to fast forward like and that's fine but like basically I stayed with my parents I uh you know worked a lot and all, and then eventually finished school right so I, I feel yeah, like so I where did you go to college um I went to CCP and then like took a little break I worked for Philly Parks and Rec for a long time um yeah. and that was like a huge part of matthew's upbringing because we i basically worked at different rec centers in philly and he would come with me to work you know oh, and he, yeah. so he was exposed to so many different people um it's so funny because now that he's famous it's like he's had this reach with so many people even though he's so young because he basically grew up with me right so like yeah. even like talk about high school I used to bring him to high school basketball games like yeah. everyone in my high school knew who Matthew was of <laughs> yeah. course like it's their their classmates kid like not that you know and yeah. so you know through there and through uh you know traveling around to different rec centers like Matt was just exposed to so many different people in the city um and 
So I worked in the rec center. I eventually finished school at Arcadia. I got my education degree. So I graduated. Summer cum laude, right? Magna? Yes, but I, I was an I was an ed major, which is why I had a 4.0. We don't take one test as an education major. But it's fine. You still graduated summa cum laude. She never yeah. I mean, my God. <laughs> like the fact that you graduated summa cum laude after going through what you went through, like, hello. I feel right. like you don't give yourself enough credit. So I'm going to hear, going to be, I'm going to hear, <laughs> wait, lean in. I'm going to pat you on the back. I'm patting you on the okay. back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's just like typical mom response I guess you know it's just like but anyway so I finished college May 2016 right so I start teaching for the school district of Philadelphia in September met sixth grade year that summer I finished up at the Parks and Rec uh, that summer Matthew saved up um because he used to come to work with me so I'd like pay him to do some things you know yeah. he saved up money and he bought himself a microphone Okay. So that was like the beginning of him trying to make music on his own. But like, so at that time, Matt is 11 years old, but like, you know, there's 11 years of him showing us that he loved music and he was creative, like just to, he would, you know, like make you his own YouTube videos. He was in this dance group called the Dollar Boys, which was like a dance group in Philly that would like go and like, they would like it was just like dance parties. They would get together and have dance parties, but a lot of the kids in Dollar Boy started to rap because they were like filming the videos of them dancing and the Dollar Boys was like remixes of songs. So right. then all the Dollar Boys started rapping. So Ma that's like what sparked Matthew to start rapping. What year um, was this Dollar Boy's birthday party that I wasn't allowed to come to? Why? Because I texted, I, he had Laurel's phone and I was like, can I come to the Dollar Boys, Matthew's Dollar Boys birthday party? And he was like, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whatever. And how old was he then? Was like 10. I'm going to say nine or 10. Yeah. Because yeah. Dollar Boys was like a, for a couple of years. And like he was getting made fun of at school because he was in Dollar Boys, like you know it was like banging it was like you have to look up dollar boys you'll be able to see it on youtube look, okay. look up like philly dollar boys um it was like a lot of tanging and stuff he would get made fun of all the time but matt just like didn't give a shit he really didn't care what people yeah. thought of him ever like he did show his presence the second you meet him he's a he's a sagittarius, sagittarius. yeah yeah when you said december 13th yeah yeah and he's so, the 13th um, he has taylor swift's birthday if that says anything yes he does mm -hmm. yeah he's up um so like yeah he so anyway he showed a lot of signs throughout his life of just being creative you know i worked in rec center so like i did a lot of active stuff and matthew was like an active person but he didn't like any sports or anything yeah. like that like he played because it was like okay it's here right but like he was like I want to be on the computer and I want to be like making videos and like looking at funny videos and that's eventually when he was getting older 10 11 that's what yeah. he started to do then so sixth grade he started to make music um basically he put out a couple songs like that fall into the winter uh, on SoundCloud um he was like finding beats on YouTube making the beat recording it and not making the beat 
finding the beat on YouTube, making the song in his room. He bought his little microphone. He would use my computer from college. Um, and what happened was like this small little Philly blog posted Matt's song. It was called Pretty Penny. And they posted it on Twitter, like, yo, look at this kid, right? And so not too many people, but like, you know, I would say like a hundred people saw, saw it or like interacted with it. And yeah. then, um, and then <laughs> this kid that Natalie and I went to uh, grade school and high school with, um, <laughs> Kevin, AKA his, he's an artist, his name is Zubin. Um, he reached out to me and said like, hey, I am friends with these people, the, this production group from Philly and um, they heard your son's music and like they really want to work with him is that okay I said yeah sure that's okay yeah <laughs> yeah let's do it you know so wait how old was he at this time he was in sixth grade so he was he just okay. turned 12 I would say because right. okay. Kev reached out to me in like January and Matt turned 12 in December right yeah so th they start working together pretty much like they would just send him beats Matthew was making his songs uh, you know in his room and then eventually they were like going to the studio together and then like making music videos together so like Matt had made about three or four music videos and then his fifth one was overwhelming but like he put them out I would say like March April May right these like three or four music videos and with each one it was like getting more views like yeah like Next one was like a couple thousand views. The next one was like 10,000 views. The next yeah. one was like 50,000. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm seeing this progression um, already. This is crazy. You know, like I was literally, Matt's in sixth grade and I'm teaching. Like, I'm just like, cool. You finally found a hobby that you love. Like, this yeah. is great. And then he put out overwhelming and I'm in class and I, my phone is blowing the fuck up. He put it out. And within like, I would say a few days, maybe it had over a million views. It was on power 99. Like it was, it was on like the fuck Jerry story, yeah. like all like, the, you know, um, little like blogs and stuff. Uh, and, and it was just like going up like crazy. So then like really the rest is history after that, after that, he like everything that Natalie was saying in the beginning of this podcast, like with that led to him putting out like a couple more songs and then like collaborating with these really amazing artists. XXX was one of them who really helped him out, put him on his album. They, he just started following Matt on Instagram and saw Matt put up like a snippet of this one song and X contacted Matt like, I love this song. I want to put it on my album like and then they just started working together so x put matthew on his album which was huge for matthew and then that fall he put out his album which did really well and then like since then he's done like a bunch of like modeling gigs like we got right. to go to so, paris yeah so stop so let, let's go back for one second so this is all going on and you're what grade do you teach I'm teaching first grade. Right. So you're teaching first grade and you have this now he's, is he 13 at this point? So, okay. So I'll go like more of a specific timeline. He puts out overwhelming in May, um, that summer. So like we both finish out, he finishes out his sixth grade year. I finish out teaching, um, with like a few, 
bumps in the road that's for a different day um we had like major issues with his school and um well, that's it, what i was gonna ask it, so is he in school now no so he finished out sixth grade i finished out my first grade teaching and then that summer he had major record deals and we were like getting paid like shit ton of money from youtube and stuff right so, so that's what i was gonna ask um, you so who like who contacts you and how do you navigate this i mean you are literally just this first grade school teacher from philly whose son just happened to just blow up like how do you know who to trust how do you know what to do like I didn't I didn't know who to trust and I didn't know what to do. Um, and me and Matt learned a shit ton the past couple of years. Yeah. We had to deal with people who, you know, weren't honest with us all the time or, you know, like used our situation to their advantage or like, you know, I just learned a lot. I was 27, I think, when Matt got famous. So it's like, I'm a 27 year old mom of a 12 year old who's getting famous. Yes. That's so I, I think that's when I really started to like question, like why the fuck was I chosen to do this? Like it was already enough. It was already this, I was 15 and I, you know, Matt's dad died and like, you know, everything, all that, like that was already enough. Why this? Cause it was so hard for me. Like yes. people were like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, you're probably so excited. Look at Matt, he's going to LA. I'm like, no, I am a nervous wreck. I like, you know, like I said, uh, my name's La, my head's always in the clouds. After Matt got famous, I was a mess. Like I was like anxious all the time, so nervous because it was just like this new territory that I didn't, I had no clue. And it wasn't about me, right? Like yeah. it's not my life. It is my life, but I was like, I'm making all these choices for my 12 year old son where like I'm clueless, but I have to be like, you know, making these decisions that's gonna affect his life forever, right? I don't know. I love how you said, like, why was I chosen for this? Like, why this? Why, like, I, because I think that so many people think that when things happen to them, like, what does this mean? But obviously, you were chosen for a reason. You know what I mean? And so, totally. as hard as it gets, because it's interesting, I actually had a conversation with this uh, with my doctor. So, I, I have hypothyroid, struggle with my weight my whole life. And I go to this really kick-ass doctor named Dr. Raquel Jefferson. She's part of the Women's Integrative Center. And I get so mad. Like, why does, like, why is this so hard for me? Like, everybody else could eat whatever they want. Like, why? And she was like, you were, this happened to you. This is your journey because you're supposed to show people that it's not about weight, that it's about health, that it's about confidence. Like, you are supposed to, and, and, and I'm like, I can't believe my doctor, we had this amazing conversation, but like, it's very, it's similar, but obviously different, but it's like, sometimes you don't know why, like you have to be the one to carry whatever it is. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. sometimes so, just, whether you believe like, in God, the universe or whatever, you know, she was so like humble through it all too. Right. And, and because everybody was like freaking out and like doing all the stuff. I remember there was one very, very famous rappers management group who called you and they offered <laughs> They were so all these people were calling law, right? 
But would they just like call your cell phone? Yes. They uh, like yes. They like hi, like so they yeah i guess it, it's so weird the music industry is so weird once one person has your number it's just like everyone's connected and right it's like, Matt, what the hell so and so i don't want to like so and so's manager just called me they want to sign matthew and they offered me a car i don't need a car i'm a school teacher she's saying to me on the phone she's like i don't need a car i'm a school teacher like what the hell am i supposed to do with these people just I was driving my my Chevy Malibu at the time, that's happy what you as said. a player. Like I'm fine with my Malibu. I teach first grade. Like, and that's the thing about Laurel throughout our entire lives. Like, even though she was so anxious and so panicked, like her her baseline was always. I always felt like it was here, right? Like she never really wavered or like showed her fear. It was more of just like this is my reality, and I think that that's why you're so incredible. Is because you've always maintain like a sense of reality where like people can get lost in like dreams of grandeur or like you know if people you know if rap managers are calling you and offering you all this stuff like you were like I don't need the car I'm fine I'm a school teacher I drive a Chevy Malibu this is my son like she always just maintained that like level of like level-headedness level-headedness that I think is why she's been so successful, you know, well, and I mean, it's, has it's, been able to navigate this in where, as you hear about those parents, like, well, it's very similar to Justin Bieber's parents. I mean, yeah. it's almost identical where they, they had him at 16 and 17 or 15 and 16 and he blew up on YouTube, but then all these people started calling and, and then before, like, you know, the rest is history. So, and it really is, Justin Timberlake did an interview once and with the breakfast club, which was Charlemagne. Um, and they said like, how have you never had, have you never ended up in rehab? How have you never had any issues? And he was like, because my mother never left my side. And he was like, when NSYNC was at its height and I was a teenager and she sat me down and she said, God blessed you with these incredible gifts. And you're going to be able to do things that only 0.1% of people in the entire world will ever get to do, but that means there's going to be other things that you're never going to be able to do. So when you see other people your age and friends that you want to hang out with, unfortunately, there's some of those things that you're never going to be able to do because you're blessed with this talent and you're doing this stuff instead. And he was like, she just reminded me every single day, those days that I wanted to run off with my friends that I can't do that because I, I was chosen to do, it goes back to the choice, right? Like you just said about be, why was I chosen to do this? Well, Matt was chosen to do what he's doing. So it's like, you're not going to be able to just be a normal kid anymore. And that that's okay that it's going to suck sometimes, but you get to do all this other stuff that no one will ever get to do. So like, don't lose yourself in that. And then if you decide this isn't what I want, then that's okay. You know, but like, if you're doing it, then you're not, you can't do both. You have to do it or you got to just decide that I'm going to go, I'm going to go be, you know, be a teacher or I'm going to go be a banker or whatever, you know? But so, yeah, what's so, so fascinating about Matthew too is, and I feel like I, I tell law this all the time is he is like, there's no um, pretense. And I think about this, like how many parents, like send their kids and pay for dance classes and pay for vocal lessons and like really want their kids to be a star right and then like but Matt like that's just who he is and he's the most creative cerebral like wise beyond his years still a teenage boy but like he, he there's just something that's so different about him that 
it, 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 he's one in a million. Like he truly is. And I think that that's why the world recognized it so early. Right. Because like, he just gets, he just gets things. He kind of, it seems like he kind of just gets life. And then like, he just has this talent. And like Law said, he's not afraid to be who he is. Like now he's like, a, like evolving as an artist. And he's like, you know, I got to go see the process. I went to visit them in LA last year and got to sit in like a studio with them and watch a studio session. And like, he just goes in the booth and he's like, I want to scream today. And I want to do this, like super ex experimental, like studies the craft, like takes on like the persona of other artists, like is always inspired and is always like evolving. And like, I think that that's, you know, why he's such a true artist, right? It's not like, I don't think he's like this fluke or like whatever, like the, the amazing thing about him is he's not trying when he does it, right? It's just who he is. And, and he just continues to like evolve, which is why I think like it, he's such a special, special human. Like it's, it's unreal. Aww. I, I so, okay, so go back to, so before we get to the book, what, so you still live in Philly and he still lives with you, right? And so he's not 18 yet. So when he does all this stuff, do you go with him? Do you, do you hire like a male, like a nanny, a manny for him? Like, no, when, it's mostly me. Yeah. It's me and Matt. We go everywhere together. Um, and there are never, times. Did you ever get remarried or have any other kids? No, I did not. So that's like my thing, my whole process with like, you know, I mentioned this in the book of like exactly what I just said to you guys. Why was I chosen to do this? But then I'm like, I was 15 when I had met. So like me, I literally go to LA and go into studios with him with other rappers, you know, like yeah. I went to Paris with him we were with Chris Brown, like at the club with Chris Brown. Like, I'm sorry, but like a 50 year old mom couldn't do that and blend in. Like I can kind of blend in and sit back a little bit. And then like, if they're like, where's your mom? I'm like, I'm his mom, but like, yeah. I'm here, but like I can blend in a little bit, you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, but yeah, we pretty much did. Um, we go everywhere together and I go to the studio inside the studios with him. And so are uh, you, you know, still teaching? or no? So like that summer I left teaching. Um, okay. The, I went back like to finish like, you know, my contract, it was just like for another month. Yeah. Um, with the school district. And then, um, I left and Matt started to, so when Matt started seventh grade, he started doing cyber school. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is he, he's not in school, right? Like if he's all over the place. Right. Yeah. He's in cyber. And like, honestly, it's like Matt lives a pretty, the past few years, like, although he's done these amazing things and we've traveled and we've got so many opportunities to do uh, a lot. We never did like a tour where we were on the road every single day. Like for the most part, he's been, he, we've lived this like you know, you wake up, you do your schoolwork and then you can um, go to the studio. And, you know, yeah. like he was, he was 12 when he got famous. He wasn't even like 15, 16, like 12 is young. He was a little kid, you know? Yeah. And so like, I didn't want to do a tour. I didn't think like he would have loved it. I know he would have loved it, but I think like it would have burned him out a little bit, you know? Who they yeah. want him to open for Ariana Grande? Wait, hold on one second, what? Uber or take Where are you going now? All right, Uber. Or if you want to wait, I'm doing something right now. I don't know. We're going to wrap up soon, hon. Yeah, soon. 
Does he want to say how much he loves his mom? Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, so like he, I feel like, uh, yeah, pretty much like lived pretty normal, but then like got to do these awesome things, which right. was nice because he had kind of like that balance and like the slow kind of like adjustment into fame. I yeah. think also like, I don't realize how many people know who he is too. Like I don't, cause I'm like, Matt, I'm like, you know, it's chill. Like it's fine. We're still normal people, but people are like, you don't have a bodyguard for him. Like a lot of people know who he is. And I'm like, but he's just Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like still in mom mode all the time, but um, yeah. So, oh, so I'm sorry. I forgot like where I was. I was talking about, he started doing cyber school. Yeah. So he still does it. He's in 10th grade now. So like you know, two years ago or like a year ago when everyone was like, oh my God, cyber school, we're all home from Corona. Like me and Matt were kind of already doing that for yeah. two years. Yeah. You know, so I was like, wow, this is like, you know, like I had such a hard time when I stopped working and I was just home with Matt because we weren't living this lifestyle of constant traveling and being on the road. For the most part, I was all of a sudden a stay at home mom to a teen, to a preteen. Right. So that was like an adjustment for me too. Um, and then like whenever, when Corona happened and everyone was home all the time and everyone was bitching, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Everyone was feeling how I was feeling a couple of years ago. Right. You but know? you're like, this is old hat. <laughs> yeah. So when he did modeling, was that, did an agency just come to him or, or did he do the music and the model? Like, how did that happen? No, I guess like, you know, with doing the music, he always took like press photos and, um, you know, his look, you know, music and fashion are intertwined, totally, yeah. you know, so um, this brand, Enf Enfants Riches de Primes, that's the English way of saying it. Yeah. Um, it's a French brand. This guy, Henry, Henry Levy, I think. Yeah, Henry Levy, I think his name is. He like is the owner of the brand and his team reached out and it was January, 2019. So it was like, a few, Matt put out his album October, 2018. So a few months after his album came out, they reached out and said like, we want Matt to walk in our runway show in Paris fashion week. And at that point it was a couple weeks away. And I was like, this is fake. I don't think this is real. <laughs> And then like, you know, they're like messaging Matt on Instagram and emailing me and calling me. And then like, sure enough, you know, we got on a flight to Paris. They had a stay in a hotel for like five days maybe. And Matt walked in their runway show. And it was in this like old abandoned church. It was beautiful. It, it was like yeah. people playing live violins as he's walking down way um but it was the first time I had ever left the country yeah. and I remember saying to Matt like before he got famous like I never even left really well I never left the east coast like the furthest I traveled was Florida yeah and not just you know me. I used to bitch, <laughs> I bitched about I bitched about not having a senior week but now Matt's taking me to Paris, Paris. yeah yeah and He's so is this, yeah. <laughs> so, he, so eventually, like, what is the, with the next, I mean, obviously we're kind of still in the pandemic, but like, what's the, 
next steps or like what does he ultimately want or you want or oh is he there does he want to come and say how much he loves his mom my mom the best mom in the world (laughs) where's my little angel (laughs) matt wants freedom right now is what matt wants got it um He wants to have like full control of his projects moving forward, which I understand. So his plan is to pretty much like, you know, continue to make more music. um, And, you know, like we're just moving along. Yeah. You know, with the, it was weird with the pandemic because it was like things were moving. Empire. Building an empire. Things were. Things were moving and then with him and his career and then it stopped, right? Because of Corona, it was like, okay, we probably shouldn't put out music right now. We want to do a tour with music. We're not doing a tour. And so it was like, everything kind of got put on hold. Um, But in my opinion, it's like, it's okay, right? Because Matt, (laughs) Matt got famous at 12. So like, you know, by the time he's 18, he's he's a vet. He got six years in this game. So it's like, his timestamp isn't like, I feel like we don't need to put pressure on like, what are you doing? You need to be doing this, this, and this because yeah. Yes. Look at at Adele, right? Like, or pink where like, they literally take their time and will go years without putting out new projects. And they just kind of like hone their craft and take some time and live life. And then when they're ready, they put it out and like true artists, that's all that really matters. You know what I mean? Like when you're a true artist, you don't, and obviously if in his mind, he feels that he wants the freedom. He doesn't want to be chained to a label or, or chained. You know what I mean? Like he, which is like chance. The rapper is the one that kind of started that right. Where chance was like, you're, I'm not going to be told what to do with my craft. I'm going to do it on my own. And here's the thing with social media and SoundCloud and YouTube and TikTok, you don't need a label, you know, you can do it on your own and you can make a lot of money. And so if you are Age able of Aquarius. Yeah. You know, so like it makes sense. Um, so when did you get contacted for the book? Uh, so it was last year. Um, yeah, it was last year. It was right around the pandemic. I feel like, um, yeah, like I want to say it was like around mother's day last year. Cause he was like, yeah, next mother's day, we'll put it out. So yeah, he just reached out to me. I think he reached out to me through like Matt's email maybe like Matt's like little inquiry email on his uh Instagram and um yeah just said like he's highlighting mothers told me um you know like I got to meet the woman Mary and him he yeah and so I just did it you know I was like oh shit I get to be in a book about moms like (laughs) yeah you know at that at that point uh, Matt was about to turn 15 and I was 15 when Matt was born. So for me, it was like a wow. thing, you know, like, like, oh Talk shit, about- I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm here now, you know, yeah. like, um, yeah. So during that time, I feel like I was personally going through just like transformation. <sighs> yeah. A lot of change mm-hmm. and just like becoming comfortable like finally as a mom like I feel like because I was so young when I had Matt I never really felt like like I knew I was his mom and I knew I was like doing the work for it but like you know society does make you feel a certain type of way about yourself like you know yeah 
you know so it's like I feel like when they reached out to me at like and everyone around me is like you're the best mom you're the best mom and I'm like everyone says it but like I look at myself and like have nothing but criticism and like you know like uh, I can only think of like horrible not horrible things I did but you know like harping on like the mistakes I made instead of giving myself grace to be like okay I'm here I did all of this and we're we're here now yes I'm, I'm okay mom <laughs> I love it. I love that you use the word grace because I feel like it's it's such it's such a topic or such a thing I hate to use the word thing but for women where it's it's the whole philosophy of like you say name five things you love about yourself and you'll say oh, well, I'm a good mom. And I was, I'm a hard worker. And like, I, I have a clean house. And then it's like, name five things you don't like about yourself. And then you're like, I don't like my thighs. I don't like my hair. I don't like my arms. And it's like, women were taught for so long to like, not be confident and like, not appreciate and like love themselves and realize like, oh, I'm actually like a badass and I'm doing a really good job. Like, it's like we were, and finally now it's like, we can celebrate the fact that being a mom is fucking hard. Like I see my friends, I'm like, this is crazy, you know? And then we're like, I am beautiful or, you know, I am smart and I am funny and whatever it is, how you're feeling, I'm glad that we're at that space and, and you should absolutely be able to celebrate everything and not feel guilty for celebrating what you have been able to do, you know? And I think, we're finally getting to that place where we're allowed to celebrate that, you know, cause for so long we yeah, felt the guilt of not, and you're like, no, I'm giving myself some grace and I'm going to celebrate everything that I've been through and like what I'm doing now, because it's fucking awesome. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's, like seeing when she posted a picture of the book, um, just seeing it all like written down. I mean, yeah. it's a surreal, it's a surreal moment because it's like, oh, wow, look, here's my story. And it's in print. Instead of me telling everybody, like somebody's acknowledging it and, and it's here, it is on paper. And wow, this is real. Like, this is what I did. And like, these are all of my accomplishments, you know, in like 32 years of living, like that's, what's even more amazing. And like, again, there's other incredible women in the book too, but like, it's just like in such a short amount of time, you know, on, on this, in the scale of like motherdom, I guess, if you would say like, here's all these things that she's done, right? Like graduating college and- High school, graduating high school, high school even. College, like becoming, you know, becoming a teacher, just like, and then raising a child. And then like- Alone, like, yeah, I mean- Navigating this world that like nobody in our neighborhood, like nobody did that. Nobody does that. Like nobody from our neighborhood, like, has ever done that. Like when you look up famous people from Longcrest, it literally says Matt. It's literally Matt. Matt. And Wikipedia that's it. Maddox. Yeah. It's like, so, it's so funny, but like, it, it's just it's like so special, like just thrust into this world. And yeah, she handled it with grace, like, and getting to witness that as her friend has just been super spectacular for me personally. Yeah. That is so exciting. Like so exciting. And she always would talk about you. And I remember <laughs> when she went to LA last year and I was like, what do you mean? He's a, you're, she's like, yeah, she like had him when she was young and he's like a rapper. And I was just like, well, what, you know? And then like, this is before, like, we were like super close and, you know, cause sometimes she's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I have this friend and he's like a rapper and he's like blew up. And then, and I'm like, wait, what? And then I have to like 
Could, could we go back? Let's start from the beginning again. Well, because Nicole knows yeah, that like, I'm in the You have a friend too. that has a son that's a teenager? Like, what, yeah, like let's exactly. go there. Yeah, and like, but she talks like just like fast and in pieces. Like I already know what she's talking about. And I ask <laughs> a thousand questions and I need every piece of detail. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> like how was your trip to LA? And I was like, oh my God, we almost fell off the mountain on horses. She's like, I'm like, what? But like, there's yeah. this really funny joke is that when I was a receptionist, I was working nine to five as a receptionist when I was like working my way up in radio. And there was this guy, Mike, that I worked with. And so anytime anybody came in, I'd be like, oh, how was your weekend? What'd you do? And he'd be like, nothing. And I'm like, no, you didn't do nothing. Like, there's no such thing as nothing. Like, did you do laundry? Did you yeah. watch a show? Did you oh. go to Sonic? You know what I mean? Did you go to the Oxford Valley <laughs> Mall? Like, there's no such thing as you did nothing. Because like so, be sat on your couch. Yeah, I'm always trying to like get get the details, you know. So that's when I was like, wait a minute, like, so it's it's incredible, and and I real I love when you said why was I chosen to do this, but it just makes so much sense why you were chosen to do it, and I think his like, I think why you were chosen to do it, but then I also think like he was then chosen to do it as well, you know. It's like. Right his story layered yes yes like his like to be an artist especially a musician like his like his story is so important to what he's doing just as much as your story your story is important to what he's doing it's just it is it's just yeah totally all right you know we see that wait what were you saying oh no i was gonna say i was gonna say um should we wrap this or what would you final yeah thoughts? i was gonna just give all the socials and stuff yeah but no your your final thoughts laurel yeah oh i was gonna say um like we've met so many people in the mu- music industry and people say to him all this time like he has friends in the music industry that say like my family don't talk to me anymore because i'm doing music and i didn't right. follow the family business or whatever so like recognize how important this is that you have your family support. And like, for me, it wasn't a question. I was just like, this is what Matt wants to do. This is his dream. Like, I know that this is what he wants to do. So we're doing like, we're going to make it possible, you know? So yeah. Who's the, who's the most, what was, what's the most famous or what was the most favorite thing you've gotten to do since all this? Or is there somebody famous that you met where you're like, Oh my God, there's Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like, is there somebody that like you, or, or is there a trip or was there a moment that you were kind of like, wow, this is actually, this is really cool. Or you were starstruck. Sure. Well, I would say the Paris trip for sure. That's where we met Chris Brown. And we also got to hang out with Jaden and Willow Smith in their studio in Paris. So that was awesome. We were like, Philly, you know, you're from Philly too. (laughs) West Philadelphia. Like tell mom and dad I said hi. Yeah. Just be like, I drive by Nan and Pop-Up's house on the way to the radio. Beep, beep. (laughs) Um, I feel like the Paris trip was amazing, but it's honestly, I always get the most out of it depending on like the people we meet and the conversations we have because that's like when Matt learns and like that's what makes these situations so special. It's like, you know, you connect with these people and have these like lifelong uh, like effects on each other, you know? Um, But yeah, I would say Paris was the number one trip. And also like we go to LA so much and we have like family and friends in LA. Like 
Yeah. My network is so much bigger because of Matthew. Like I, you know, so shout out to our LA family, but yeah. Like, do you think you would ever move there or do you like the fact that you keep Philly your base? Um, my thing for a while was like, Matt needs to stay in Philly. Like he was still so young, you know, like, like his whole image, especially with overwhelming was like, he's a kid from Philly. Well, I'm not moving him out of Philly at 12. Yeah. You know, he still needs that to grow. He still needs Philly to grow. Um, This is why you're so good. Thank you. Most Um, parents would be like, let's go. Beverly Hills. Here we come. And you're like, you need to stay grounded. Yeah, I, I I just knew that we needed to stay home. But now I see the value in if we chose to move there because like there is just you, everything you need is at your fingertips. And like yeah. not saying it's not in Philly, but like you have options in LA with everything, studios and like even like pho- photographers, videographers, you know, like there's just a lot happening and it helps that it's, the weather is beautiful so you can go outside all the time like that's why LA is what it is because people are out all the time the weather's great you know like not like Philly but now um you know we're fine in Philly for now met 16 now he'll be 17 in December you know like I feel like we're gonna finish out his teenage years here yeah um but I don't know. He's been begging me for a permit. So I feel like once he gets his license, like he's just going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still have to say, you can't, he still needs your permission to do anything until he's 18. So you can still lock him in his room if he has to. <laughs> and he's a mama's boy. Like I say all the time, he's not, he's not going anywhere. You know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. You grew oh up my together. God, thank yeah. you guys. This yeah, was amazing, up. and it just an episode it's nice. by far. Um, yeah, an incredible Thank story. So I love it. I just think that um, it's there's so many good lessons, so many good nuggets. I I was listening to a podcast, and the one host called the other host a nugget factory, and I was like, <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> spin out the nuggets. Yeah, spin out yeah. the nuggets. I want to be a nugget factory. And I, I feel like a nugget factory. Come on. I feel like this oh, episode geez. was a nugget factory. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, give all the socials. Give like the book name, Matt's okay, socials, so- yours if we want to follow you. Okay. So um, the book is called Creatrix. It's by Blake Gunther. And Matt Social is at Maddox, I think, on Instagram and at Maddox underscore on Twitter. And um, my handle's too confusing. Just look at Matt's followers and you'll see me. He follows two people and I'm one of them. <laughs> so that's easier. <laughs> that's more interesting than me anyway. No, and the book is Creatrix book, Creatrix underscore book. Got it. Here you go. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, Laura. I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> thank you guys. Yes, thank this you. Was so it was an amazing episode of Lipstick League and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Yeah, Yay yep. for moms. I know, I know.